What's up, everybody? Welcome to Sweat the Bet, presented by Odds Jam, with your host, Matt underscore Modi underscore Bets and Parlay Doc. Hope you enjoy. And we're off. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sweat the Bet podcast brought to you by OddsJam.com. For those of you who are into sports betting, if you have not checked out OddsJam.com, look, the reality is I don't care out there how good you are, you, uh, how good you think you are picking winners, but the house has the edge on you, so you need help to get the edge back. So check out OddsJam.com. You're going to see some cool tools out there ranging from positive EV alerts, easy line shopping, saves you a ton of time and research, gives you a bunch of calculators to kind of crunch out how much you should be betting, a very efficient and easy to use bet tracker. What are you waiting for? Basically, check out oddsyum.com if you're actually taking this semi-seriously and you want some cool tools to help you stay profitable. And we have a lot of new features, injury status updates, easier navigation, um, you know, in terms of line shopping. So check it out, even if you've looked at it before, guys. So I'm your host of the Sweat the Bed podcast, Andrew Kim, a.k.a. The Parlay Doc on Twitter. And here's my co-host, Matt Modine. We got Griffin back again, one of the content creators for Odds Jam. What's up, Griffin? What's up, Matt? What's up, gentlemen? How are we doing? Good. Doing great good. on my end. Appreciate good, you guys having me. Glad to be yeah, back. Man. Fun times, man. So so remember, Odds Jam, you know, Odds Jam's podcast here, the Sweat the Bed podcast. We're available on all major podcast platforms. We're live streaming right now on multiple platforms. Check out our YouTube channel. Comment. Participate, guys. We've been trying to integrate your comments, shouting out users here. So please check it out. Send us some questions, comments as we're going through the show. And for our opening tip-off to go over what we're going over today, we're going to be talking NBA playoffs. We're going to talk about the current series, observations we had from Game 1, things that we thought were highlights, lowlights, keys to victories moving forward in Game 2s. We're going to go over our best bets going into the weekend. We got a, another action-packed weekend full of different sports, and each of us will kind of throw out some of our favorite bets and angles at the end of the show. So let's kick it off, guys, with our traditional sweat no sweat segment and I will kick it off here this is kind of related to a series that is over at the moment but uh, you know we're, we're going to dive into a lot of trade talks and you know th- you know offseason rumors things like that once these playoffs and finals are done but we'll, we'll kick one off here as kind of a teaser for the summer so it, it's been a talk a lot um, right now in, in rumor circles and stuff but here here's a comment I have so it's in the Utah Jazz's best interest to basically move on from Donovan Mitchell at this point. So throw out throw <laughs> out issues with caps and luxury. T- I'm just saying just concept-wise in terms of how you're structuring your team and how you're moving forward, is the Donovan Mitchell experiment at this point, is this the ceiling? And this is where this is as far as Utah can take it. And it's in their best interest in some shape or form, whether it's a trade, trade with multiple. So don't even worry about those scenarios. I'm just saying – is it in their best interest to just kind of move in a different direction, whether that's years quickly to find a different alpha, or is this the alpha that the Utah Jazz should stick with us at this point? So, are you, are you saying that they should like keep Rudy Gobert and trade Donovan Mitchell, or just or just regardless no, no, no. of what else happens? I'm saying, trade is it just is it in their best interest to build their team around someone else besides Donovan Mitchell, or should they keep Donovan Mitchell? Um, I'm, I'm going sweat on that one. I love, I love Spida. I think he's awesome. And I think you got to trade Rudy Gobert. I'm, I've firmly believed that you'll never win anything with Rudy Gobert as your starting center, making 800 zillion dollars. Like he does, uh, Spida <laughs> probably needs to start trying on defense. I just think he like, just hates everything about playing with Rudy Gobert and playing with the current iteration of the jazz. So I'm going sweat. I think Rudy Gobert is the one you got to trade there. I think you keep Spida. Okay. What about you, Griffin? I'm going to go in the exact opposite direction. I think you get rid of Donovan Mitchell. I don't think he's shown. He came into the league much like a lot of guys, like a lot of athletic guards at his position, as supposed to be like a defensive-minded, you know, grit and grind type of dude. Then he found out that he was a scorer. He's decided scoring is what he wants to do. He's good at it. He's not as great at it as he seems to think he is. Uh, the complete lack of defensive attention that he gives anybody. The way that the Jazz are built where – Gobert has to cover so many other dudes on defense, so he ends up looking awful when they get to the playoffs. I think you move on from Donovan Mitchell. I think you kind of retool that roster. I don't know if you're necessarily retooling around Rudy Gobert, 
but I think he has more value for a contender than a high usage guard like Donovan Mitchell does. I, I just don't think he's got it. Wow. So, so you think it's more likely for a team centered around Gobert to win than Donovan Mitchell? <laughs> he didn't say. I that. don't know necessarily <laughs> if there is an iteration of a Jazz team that can win. Like Regard- honestly, regardless, yeah, honestly, regardless. <laughs> I, I, I don't think the Jazz are ever going to be a free agent destination to the point where they're going to be in a Miami or or uh, yeah, of course, yeah, or uh, LA situation where they're going to get free agents. But if you have to pick a team to win a seven game series and have one dude to build up between between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, I'd rather build around Rudy Gobert. I think he does oh, way wow. more unique things than Donovan Mitchell does. <laughs> I. I was I was with Griffin up until that. I don't know about that, but I, <laughs> I but I threw this out there. Obviously, I I'd, I'd already kind of had my mind made up. Obviously, but I just yeah, you know, like I trust like I I like Donovan Mitchell. Like as a fan watching, like optics wise, like you know, we've all seen it. All three of us those games where suddenly he hits six threes out of nowhere, right? And he goes for thirty eight points, and it's exciting. It's awesome when those threes are are get draining. He's taking it strong to the hoop. I just feel like this might be peak Donovan Mitchell and kind of like what Griffin's saying is like, I don't know if that is enough um, to kind of take this team to that next level. I almost see at least the way he played this year. And I don't know who knows what his health was truly like, but I almost saw him as like a streakier, streakier Devin Booker, like almost not as reliable, but similar type of player. And I, I, I actually do think they, they just see what you can get. I mean, again, I don't, I don't even know. I haven't even researched all the trade, but I would say moving in a different direction, this might be peak peak Spida is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, realistically, you're not going to win anything with either of them as your best player. Um, I just think that you have a, a extremely capped ceiling with, with Rudy Gobert. Um, and Spida, it's really about effort. Like Devin Booker never tried on defense until the Suns got good, and then he started trying on defense. And I just think, I think uh, Mitchell is just like so done with everything regarding his current situation. So yeah, like Griffin said, he came out as supposed to be a defensive guard and then he just was like, nah, I'm good. So maybe he still has that in him. We'll see. I just want to say, I'm not a jazz fan by any means. Uh, (laughs) It's kind of tough that we're having this discussion because when those early, those first couple of years for Donovan Mitchell, where he was looking like the reincarnation of D Wade, who, you know, obviously D Wade, not dead, but you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he looked like he was going to be that type of slashing guard who also yeah. was going to like rack up blocks and, and kind of be like a, a less pass heavy John Wall or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then everything in his game, except for his scoring, kind of just fell apart. And even the scoring, like it, it seems like he needs to do more to score at the same numbers that he was early on. And I don't know if. Maybe there's lower body injuries we don't know about. Like maybe yeah. maybe the chemistry is that messed up. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's probably. I that's what I think. It's just chemistry. But either way, we can we can roast the Jazz in a in the off in off season one. <laughs> Love um, to, <laughs> loves to brush my teeth to roasting the Jazz. Yeah, so, it's great. Awesome. So, what do you got for me, Matt? Um, all right, I'll go next. So this one's related to the um, this one of the series that just ended. But I think that the Suns will never make it back to the NBA Finals in the Devin Booker era. Um, I think that they they had their chance last year and this year. I really thought about making it. They say they never make the conference finals, but I thought that was probably too spicy because you get one favorable matchup and and, and you're there. But I, I think that they had their chance. Now they got to pay a bunch of people. They're probably going to lose Aiden. So the Suns will never make it back to the NBA finals in the Devin Booker era. Oh. Um. So give me, do either of you know, what is the status of Chris Paul? Is he, is he in, in terms of his contract? He's got two years he's, left? Okay. Two years left. All right. Two years, okay. $90 million? Two years, a okay. lot of money. And two then I years, think it's a, $90 million. I, I think it's a team option. All I, I, remember, I was listening to the Zach Lowe podcast, and he said yeah. they can get out of it after two more years. So. After two He'll be just shy years. of 40 when it ends, uh, which yeah. is okay. not awesome. Okay. <laughs> Okay. If so, okay. So if that if that's the window, then I'm gonna say no sweat. I agree with you. I'd say no sweat. Uh, I, I don't think it's gonna happen then because I, I think the window is now. And they had their chance. Like, they they blew it. Th- th- this is their chance. Like I see it as like this is a well built, well balanced team, right? I mean, you you have role players who know and are more than happy and willing to play their roles. Good team chemistry. You know, Devin Booker's in his prime. So I yeah I mean if we're talking Chris Paul's going to be around, uh, yeah I, I'd say no. So I, I think that's a problem for Devin Booker honestly. So. Oh, so so you think Chris Paul being there is a problem for Booker? You think if they yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, interesting. Oh, I, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, I, I think, I think that I think that's the problem. problem. So that's why that's why that was my first question. How long is CP going to be around? I actually see that as the problem holding them back at this point. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree. Yeah. yeah. So I would say no sweat. Yeah, I'm on the same page as well. Um, pretty much everything you just said. I, I, I think CP is, you know, look one of the best guards that we've had in our lifetimes. I'm not going to, I'm not going to slander his name. You know, obviously there's playoff collapses. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not going to do the Pat Dev thing. I'm not going to get out there as a career role player and start talking <laughs> shit on an all time. Great. Uh, the reality is, you know, he's old, he's old and he's always had an injury. Even when he was a young man, even when he was fresh in the league, he had an injury history He's had collapses at weird times. Sometimes they're his fault. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes, you know, it's it's his his supporting cast that lets him down. But there's something to the Chris Paul-led teams where, you know, the going gets tough and they get out of dodge. Um, if maybe if they're able to to sign Aiton, do like a sign and trade with Aiton and flip him for a bunch of assets – maybe they can rebuild around Devin Booker while he's still in his prime. He's still a young guy. I think Booker's like 27, 26, something like that. Yeah, I think he's younger. Guy's been in the league for like 46 years, and he's still like 20 years old. I feel about Jason Tatum. Yeah, yeah. The the two of them, because they came in at 19 and immediately were scorers. Like, it's just crazy. That said, I thought Devin Booker was going to take a bigger jump this year than than he did coming out of the finals. You know, he got a little bit more efficient. His his, uh, counting stats went up a little bit, but – it wasn't the jump that I was hoping for. And I don't know at this point if he's going to make that jump. Um, he might just be a one B for, for his career. And unless you put him on a team with like a Giannis or something like that. Yeah. He needs a way. I don't, I think. Yeah. If, if, if there was a way to put Devin Booker with prime Kawhi, I'd be like three titles in a row. No problem. (laughs) But that's not happening. So I think I, I, I don't know how they do it. I think even Paul George, that team probably wins the finals. Like, I think he just needs a win, someone that can play defense. Current current Paul George or prime Paul George? Prime Paul George. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, prime Paul George taking the heat to, like, year after seven, year. Yeah, to seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, prime Paul George, another guy who gets slandered too much. So Playoff just to let Pete. you know, Devin Booker is 25. Younger than yeah. 25. I knew <laughs> that. He's so 20, frustrating. He's twenty five. He's gonna he's gonna turn twenty six in October, but he's twenty he's twenty five sure. right now. That's six months from now. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, it's not. That's not that soon. Like it's yeah. coming up. But like, is it? Jesus, he's young. He's younger than I thought. In my head, I don't know why I thought twenty seven, twenty eight. I he's he's wow. He's 20. yeah. I mean, he he feels like he should be twenty seven. He feels yeah. like he should probably be very slightly younger than like Bradley Beal. And I think Bradley Beal is probably like twenty eight, twenty nine. Bradley Beal is yeah. twenty eight years old. Yeah, it's madness. Yeah, I mean, Devin Booker's obviously achieved more despite taking longer to get to the playoffs. Like in one playoff run, he did more than Bradley Beal's done in yeah right. nine seasons. Yeah, yeah. so. Okay, well, I guess uh, Griff and I are on the same page about uh, CP3 there. So yeah, <laughs> if, unfortunately on, for him, look, I yeah, no, I'm he's not a Ryan good player. No. I'm not obsessed with the guy, <laughs> but I did want him to win a title. Oh, me too. I uh, love I love Chris. No, Paul. he's a good player. It's yeah. I've and, and on Pat Bev, did you did you catch uh, Danny Green on? <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, like you're yeah, a traffic yeah. cone to Luca too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Danny Green basically said, "Keep Chris Paul's name out your mouth." Yeah, yeah. That was hilarious. Uh, that was pretty. Funny. And like, and then people started slandering Danny Green, and it's like, yo, Danny Green was an <laughs> instrumental part of three titles. Yeah, do not yeah. slander Danny Green. Like, I love. I, yeah, I he's love not Danny. what he used to be, but icy hot. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Danny, Danny Green, Robert Ori are in a class of their own. I swear to God, yeah. as role players. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And then Danny Green ends up being a coach. Then you throw in Steve Kerr there. I don't sure. know if that's the route Danny Green wants to take. He probably made a lot more money than Steve Kerr ever did. But yeah, I think Danny say. Green just he wants to pull a JJ Reddick. He wants to get in the podcast game. He's he already has his own. That's what he that's wants true. to do. That's the new hip thing. Instead of becoming coaches, all the young players they just want to become podcasters now. Yeah. So that's all right, same. Griffin, you get you got one uh, sweat or no sweat for us here? Any kind of hot takes for us? Yeah, I don't know how how hot of a take this is, and it's sure. a little bit more uh, short term compared to yours. Um, four. Four star players, I guess, in my opinion, that are left in the playoffs. Got Jimmy Butler, Luka Doncic, Steph Curry, Jason Tatum. I think of those four players, and this is a very specific bet, of those four players in the playoff games remaining, I think Jimmy Butler is going to have the highest PRA in his his games to go. 
And I, this is a little bit, and, and I wish that we had done this before yesterday's game because it's a little bit, or uh, sorry, Tuesday's game. Uh, it's a little bit influenced by how good he did in game one. Yeah. But this was my take prior to that. Um, and I can give you their numbers if you want them. Yeah, yeah. What, so, what were their numbers? Spit them out. Uh, Jimmy Butler in the playoffs this year, 42.9 PRA. Luka mm-hmm. Doncic, 46.7. So he's in the lead. Steph Curry in last at 36.7. Mm-hmm. And Jason Tatum right behind Jimmy Butler at 40.2. Okay. So, so basically, I, I'm assuming Jimmy and Tatum is... switched, switched places after that game one performance. Yeah. So I'm assuming this is like on average, obviously, like if, yeah. If, yeah. Oh, that's tough. Jimmy's so you're saying so... through so through the remainder of the playoffs? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'll say remainder of the playoffs. Um, I, I don't really want to take yeah. what they've done thus far. Yeah. Just because, you know, different amount of games for different players. Mm, Ugh, man. That's tough. Okay. I'm, PRA. I want to go sweat. It's like I'm like 50.1% per, 50. sweat. Or sorry, I clicked the wrong graphic. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> barely, I'm like barely sweating. It's like a brisk walk. I'm barely, <laughs> barely sweating. Um, I think it's probably going to be Luca. I mean, Luca could, he just like wakes up and gets 30, 10, and 10. Like, I just, as yeah. good as Jimmy Butler is, the Celtics, and we'll talk about this in the series uh, part, were missing 40% of their starting lineup and probably their two best defenders. So, Jimmy Butler's incredible. I think he'll continue to be incredible. I just think he might be a little bit less incredible than he was in game one with with Horford and Smartback. So I'm I'm taking my dogs out for a walk on a 70 degree day and I'm I'm barely sweating. <laughs> Getting a, a little glisten going. Exactly. Um, a little moist. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm I would have to say of those, I'd I'd go with Luca just because of you know, for, just quickly I'd say Steph, the the pool is just too dilute. There's too many options, you know, where on <laughs> any pool? given night, I see what you, I see what yeah. you <laughs> <laughs> Um there's too many options there. Um so it makes I mean that doesn't surprise me that he's kind of ranked at the bottom already. So um, you know, I think the Jalen Brown factor that they could switch off nights where, you know, Brown is going to go off one night, Tatum has a big night one night, and that's going to dilute his stats to some degree as series drag on. And I think Luca is going to have to revert to like hero ball um, kind of, you know, through these, through this series that it's just, I think just because of the sheer nature that I would roll with him, I, I think of the, of those four. So. Yeah. I would, if it, I think if it's not Luca, it'll probably be, it'll probably be Jimmy. Yeah, um, one of those two. One of those yeah, two. I but think, yeah, but I think I still I think it'll be Luca. He's just he just like the assists and rebounds he racks up more than Jimmy Butler, which I think will end up end up doing it. And he can still put up forty. You know, it's not like he's just like he can't score. Luca also I'll say does it the most seamlessly. Yeah, like he's like, one of those guys that you think is having a quiet night, and you look at his box score, and he's got like twenty seven and six or something like that, and you're just now starting the second half, like. And he's he's laughing the entire time, which was the the nail in the coffin for the Suns when Luca was just laughing at them while he was burying daggers in their faces. Oh, yeah, that was brutal. I mean that that meme of him laughing at Devin Booker, I like I see that in my yeah. sleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he wasn't even like like he wasn't doing the rock the baby. He wasn't doing the too small. Yeah. He was just laughing. Yeah, which it's like it's like the opposite of LeBron's. Uh, Celtics games where he looked like a demon. Oh, yeah. Terminator. Where yeah. where he looked yeah. like the, the most evil man to ever play basketball. Like Luca just looked like he was just having fun out there. No, it's like it was he was a kid on the playground. And I think that's just yeah. like it, it's like people didn't even get turned off by because it it's just it's just like he's just out there literally living the dream. Like living yeah. the they, dream. They will, it, they will get like, turned <laughs> off by it. I don't know if you remember when people had to conjure up stuff about Steph Curry and they yeah. were like, oh, choose his yeah. mouth guard in an annoying yeah. way. And it's like, what are we talking about here? Yeah. It's like if he if he wins, people hate him because he's now a winner. Like what happened to Steph? If yeah. he loses, then it's like, well, you haven't won anything. So like, what are you? So like, why are yeah. you acting like that? Yeah, yeah. there's. I mean, I mean there's... that was that was what Dirk went through when Dirk yeah. wasn't winning. He was yeah. considered yeah. the biggest choker in the game or the biggest choker in the game. Then he finally won one, and, and you know his his entire resume yeah, changed, was looked yeah. at differently. Yeah, and like I mean, there's not a person that you can dislike any any less than Dirk. Everybody loves Dirk. Like he is the most yeah. likable human being in the world. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So let's let's dive into our series now. So we'll go into our main segment and we'll we'll kick it off since you know tonight uh, we we have the Eastern Conference games going on. So let's uh, let's dive into the Heat versus Celtics series. Um, so I'll, I'll kick it off with some thoughts here. So you know, just two quick points, and I'll throw it to you guys. Obviously, I'm going to state the obvious here. Um, you know, 
Jimmy Butler was just a monster. It was it was basically a game, of, a tale of two halves, where you had, you know, I I think you know the Celtics caught you know the Heat sleeping a little bit, so maybe some rust factor, and I think they came out with that sense of urgency. I, I think likely because. They knew they were shorthanded. Horford wasn't there. Smart wasn't there. And Jason Tatum came out with a purpose, man. I mean, he, he looked damn good in the first half. And then suddenly that, that horrendous third quarter, you have the Celtics basically winning three out of the four you know, quarters. And then Jimmy just goes in, insane style in that third quarter. And, you know, I know Griffin already mentioned the stats, but let's just kind of read through them. And I, I did a video on this earlier this week. So Jimmy Butler ended up with 41 points. Nine, nine freaking rebounds, and I want to break that down even more. Now, out of those nine, five offensive rebounds. That's just effort, okay? Five assists, and on the defensive end, let's give defense some love. Four steals, three blocks. So monster on both ends, not just offensive stats. Five, four steals, three blocks, and then obviously another stat that stood out was eighteen free throws and shot seventeen of eighteen. So. You know, it's funny because I've heard some, you know, a lot of slander out there. They're like, he's basically James Harden. He's flopping like a fish. That's the only reason the Heat won. Whatever. You know, look, man, my opinion is at least he got to the damn line, meaning he had to put in the effort to drive and get some contact. Maybe he exaggerated, flopped here and there. But the fact is, look, man, he found a way to make his team win. And those are just insane stats. The only other comment I have is, you know, Jimmy Butler is aggressive. I've already talked about this in previous episodes. You know, Bam was a bit disappointing. Um, I, I think I'm biased because I needed some of his rebounds, and he was nowhere to be found. And I was just kind of, you know, shaking my head at times. That he's one of your, you know, co-captains. He's one of your studs. Um, and look, you know, I, I think that um, he's going to probably have a tough go this series overall, uh, especially when um, you know Robert Williams is maybe not cramping and um, you know Horford's back tonight so I'm interested to see if he can step it up and they can scheme to get him going Um, I think they need to get him going earlier on Um, but yeah but I mean look I mean those are the things that stood out for me from the heat in terms of things they they you know did well that needs to change a little bit I think Jimmy's going to keep being Jimmy but they're going to make adjustments so I'm curious to see who's going to step up you know, for the Heat, I know Tyler Hero had a good first half, but who who's going to step up for the Heat this game in Game Two? Because obviously adjustments are going to be made. So, th- those were some of the things that I just wanted to at least mention about Jim, how just amazing Jimmy Butler was. But I do agree with your earlier comments. There's going to be regression. I mean, this Celtics team is just too good. And um, I forgot who who was it from Odds Jam? Was it Randall? Somebody put out there and jumped on the Celtics. Uh, to win the series at good plus Randall. money. Yeah. yeah, I actually I jumped on that. So I want to be clear as much love as, and I'm praising Jimmy Butler. I actually still I think and I, I bet the heat. I took the heat minus one and a half. That was one of my bets. So I was glad to see that for a situational play. But I still actually like the Celtics here. So I actually jumped on that with Randall. So I actually took the, nice. the Celtics to win the series actually at plus 125. So yeah, yeah, there's a lot there. I think it is kind of interesting. Like, I think Jimmy is one of like the most guilty of being like a grifter, like the Harden, like the MB, but he doesn't get nearly the flack. And I'm not saying that he should, like, I love Jimmy Butler and I don't think there's anything wrong with grifting for fouls. I think it's because he doesn't have the horrible flops that people just kind of accept and like getting like contact and getting fouls called. Like that's a legitimate skill. There's not a lot of people that are actually capable of doing that. Um, Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy's awesome. I think, it's like overall, I feel like the way I think about it is it's hard for me to put a ton of emphasis on game one, because like I mentioned before, like when you're missing 40% of your starting lineup and probably your two best defenders, like giving up 39 points in the third quarter starts to make a little bit more sense. So oh, yeah. I still like a pre-series pre uh, smart and Horford being out. I said Celtics and six, but I also agree with you. I thought the heat would win game one, but I try not to make like too much out of it, but I don't know. I, I, I kind of go back and forth. I'm not confident enough to say that Celtics are going to win the series, but I also am kind of contradicting myself because I don't want to put too much emphasis on game one. So I'm, I'm really just conflicted in how I feel. But I think the biggest thing for me is the reality about the Celtics is they're like every game they're going to need Tatum to go berserk. And I feel like he kind of has the tendency to just randomly disappear. Like he did, like you mentioned in the third quarter where you're just like, yeah. wait a minute. It's like it's eight minutes have gone by and I haven't heard Tatum's name once. So their formula is like Tatum going berserk. They need Brown to go like 75% of that berserk level, like still play really well, put up 20, 25. And then one of Horford, Grant Williams, Marcus Smart, Peyton Pritchard to like play okay. And then that's their path to victory. And I, I just don't know how sustainable that is against the really smart, really well coached and just really good heat team and heat defense. 
Yeah, no, no. And I and I think to your point, Jalen Brown, when you look at his stats, I mean, it's like, oh, he had a pretty decent game, 24, but it really, he 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 only really got it going in the fourth quarter. So and that game's you, already over. Exactly. When you needed him the most in that third, when Tatum just didn't have it that quarter, he, he was absent too. That was the problem. So, I mean, to, to speak to your point, like one of the two, they, I mean, they gotta they gotta lift each other up and be there if the other guy doesn't got it going for a few minutes there and then that just that was totally absent in that third quarter basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm largely on the same same page as Matt on this. You know, uh, I don't want to really. I thought going into this series that it, I, I do think the Heat are gonna win it. Um, I think just more championship experience on that team. I think they've got a little bit better of a roster. I think their particular superstar Jimmy Butler is a little bit more ready for the big moment than Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum has, you know, he'll have five games in a row where he's got between like 30 and 40 points and he's doing everything all over the court. And then he'll have the occasional dud where he's got like 12 to 15 and he's missing a ton of shots. And if that game happens at the wrong time and his teammates aren't able to, you know, handle the load that he's given up, they're going to lose that game because the Heat are absolutely going to take advantage of it. Um, I think both teams obviously have, some players that have you know defensive shortcomings you know tyler hero mm-hmm. not a great defender probably never gonna be a great defender he's got t-rex arms um peyton pritchard not even close to a great defender they put jimmy butler on him a dozen times in the fourth yeah. quarter and it was barbecue chicken the entire time so even even though they didn't get the most even though the heat were outscored in the fourth quarter it's like every single time they put jimmy butler on pritchard you knew the Heat were going to score, whether it was Butler or somebody else. And depending on Smart's health, I mean, yeah, he he might be able to play tonight, but is he going to be 100%? Is he going to be 75%? Is he going to be on reduced minutes? Is he not going to be able to play game three in Boston? Like, there's, there's so many factors here that are health and, like, matchup related. I think the Heat are going to win this game. I think it's going to be 2-0 going back to Boston. Um, it could be 2-2 it could be two and two after four. I don't know. But, but – you know, I, I think the Heat are just more built for this matchup. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. My my problem with Tatum is he's he's obviously incredible, but I feel like watching him, he like shouldn't be as good as he is because he doesn't get to the rim. He doesn't get fouled. And I feel like every shot he makes is like a tough shot. And you're like, well, that's not going to keep going in. And then like for five games in a row, it will. But like when P.J. Tucker is guarding you and when Jimmy Butler is like in your grill, those tough shots that he like has to make because he really can't get to the rim become even tougher so that's kind of why i'm a little bit sour on on the celtics overall tatum seems to willfully and and, and, i mean like he's talked about it how it's like his biggest influence he willfully plays like he's kobe but he doesn't have his layup package he doesn't he's not as technically sound he didn't develop as a defender as early in his career like people forget how good of a defender kobe was and i mean i would like it far more if he played like his former boston celtic paul pierce and 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 modeled Rocky himself after that game. If if he modeled himself after Pierce, I think Tatum would be a better player. But he seems kind of like a lot of young guys in the league. Like he so badly wants to be Kobe that it limits him. Because if there's a game where his jump shot isn't falling, you can take him out of it so easily. Yeah, yeah and 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 to speak to Griffin's point, I think you know we've seen we've he, I, I I they're seared into my memory when I need him. Um, he'll go zero for nine for three, and he'll just keep shooting. Them. Like, and we've we've yeah. all seen those games, right? And here's the problem, right? It's like he, all of us are saying the same thing. He he has all of the God given athletic capability, right? I mean, you got speed, length, athleticism, all that stuff, soft touch. And yeah, maybe not as smooth as like, like your traditional shooting guards, but here here's the other thing. We talked about Jimmy Butler's free throws. Tatum had nine, nine total free throws. And the 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 stretches where he was, you know, beating guys off the the dribble, taking it to the rim, getting, you know, some easy mid-ranges where he was getting some high off the glass layups. It's like it's hard to keep up with him unless you're doubling, tripling him. So it's like, I, you need more of that. If your shot's not falling, I mean, I want to see more of that attack mode. Put your head down. Giannis style, just go to the rim. And I, I don't, it's hard for me to see anyone with his size, his height, his athleticism, like he should be getting 15, 16, 17 free throws as well. I mean, I just, you know, and I, I just, it just doesn't seem like it's in the DNA, you know, like if, if you put Jimmy Butler style kind of, and his, his attack mode in Jason Tatum's body, like 
Yeah, then then you'd have a one A, you know, like yeah. clear cut one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'd be honest with maybe a better, with probably a better jump shot. If, with if a better jump that, shot, yeah. That's like a top five player all the time. I'd watch that guy for twenty years. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. And yeah, I, I think the that's the crazy thing. I you know I I'm kind of torn on this game as well on game two. Um, because we'll see. Because Smart, who knows what the foot is like. Horford's back. That'll help. Um, who knows? How, can Can Robert Williams make it through a whole game? Um, I mean, he's just not. He's not at full. He hasn't been at full capacity really since his return. So, like you said, all all those different variables, all these matchups. It's like a chess match. This really is going to be a chess match, in my opinion. So, uh, I really hope it goes seven games because just be enter- for the entertainment factor. This going to be an awesome seven yeah. game series. I, I, yeah, I like absolutely. this series already. So I, I I'm rooting for a seven game series. So. We'll, we'll kind of see how that plays out then. So, so what else? Any any other angles? Any other lowlights, highlights that you guys have seen so far in a one game sample size? Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, we've talked a lot about like praising the Heat and, and not so much confidence in the Celtics. I do think that like eventually the Heat are going to need someone else to to do something. And Bam, I feel like kind of also has a tendency to disappear. Like you said, he was disappointing in Game One. He like randomly was like shut down in like two of the, of the Sixers games. Like he, yeah. it's like one of those things where like, like he can play and beat like, and beats obviously better than him, but Bam is on that same level, if not a little bit worse. And I feel like he'll sometimes just like randomly shut down. I feel like he almost needs like mentally to like get, get himself back into it. Um, like we all remember his block in game one of the, what was it the 2020 um, keeps your conference finals. finals. Like, yeah, that was oh, insane. Yeah. yeah. Like his like wrist, like was back in the, in the bucket. That was madness. Um, yeah. I think, like the Heat are going to need someone other than Jimmy, and I think the the biggest problem I have with them is I don't know who that is. Like Hero was good; he had 18 points, but as good as Hero is, he's um like he, he's like a microwave scorer who can't play defense. And if he mm, yeah. if he can't get it going on offense, then he's a net negative on the court. And and you don't have anybody else in the Heat that you're comfortable with just like giving the ball and being like get a bucket. I think that's always been my problem with the Heat. A lot of their offense is like is motion based kind of like the warriors just without the the high level scores that the warriors have yeah. so they can get kind of sloggy in like half court settings and against the Celtics who have the best defense in the NBA getting smart back we'll see what he looks like getting Horford back who should be fine and then who knows what's up with Robert Williams cuz like you said he was incredible in the first half and then oh yeah yeah he's like i mean the, that was pretty much the whole Celtics team incredible in the first half just lost mm-hmm. it in the second half yeah. um so I think my biggest, the reason why I can't just quite get, get over the hump and like thinking the heat win the series is because it's so hard for them to, they can become so scoring challenged in the half court when Jimmy Butler, for whatever reason, doesn't have it going. Yeah. And we have to remember, we've already used up Oladipo's birthday game because that only, that, that <laughs> only comes around not. once a year. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe, I, I, I guess, no, no. Maybe he's got an anniversary coming up. Yeah. I don't know. We, we, got, we, we need to do some research. We need someone at Ajem to go look at other birthdays and then yeah. see whose birthdays are coming up for the heat to see if, if that could swing this series, basically. So yeah, it's true. We do I will need, say we... I'm. Oh, I, no, I, I was going to say I'm, I'm very much on the same page as you on on Bam, you know, I've been waiting this entire playoff run for a just career defining BAM game. And I haven't seen it yet. And, you know, he's doing a lot on the defensive end that isn't necessarily showing up on the stat sheet. So like, yeah, he's getting his normal amount of blocks and steals and all that. And he's forcing turnovers, but like his defensive presence, much like a guy like Embiid's defensive presence, not, it's not necessarily always going to show up on the stat sheet, but it is going to influence the way the guys play. But I want to see a Bam like 25 and 10 or 25 and 12, just yeah. like try and have a takeover game. And you know what? They might lose. But start feeding him. Let him work. He's got the moves. He can work under the basket. He's got an okay mid-range. Like he can, he can do stuff. Let him do stuff. Get him engaged in the game yeah. because right now it seems like he's just not fully engaged. And then on the other side of things, also on that team, we don't know what it's going to look like when Kyle Lowry comes back. If, if, Kyle if he comes back, yeah. I mean, like, it's, yeah. it's one of those things where he could yeah. be gone for the rest of the playoffs or he could come back and have 15, 7, and 5 the rest of the way through and the Heat could run away with it. Like, he's he's a huge X factor. You know, obviously he's not in his prime, but he's okay. such an important player to every team that he's on that if he's out there and he and uh, Butler are able to split ball handling duties, like, it completely opens up the floor for everybody else. 
Yep. Yeah, that's true. We haven't, we haven't mentioned Kyle Lowry. I kind of forget he exists. Cause like, even when he returned in the playoffs, he was clearly hobbled. Like he couldn't. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He yeah. couldn't do anything. Sorry about that. Yeah, but he, yeah, he, he, he gives you that leadership. He helps with floor spacing, facilitating. You miss his dimes, right? And finding the, finding the open guy. And like, it's going to open up shots for Struess, everybody. And, and, yeah, and he does he does a little stuff too. You know, he he yeah. does the Marcus Smart stuff. He does yeah, kind of the foul baiting. Yep. He takes the yeah. charges. He's yep. willing to gamble on a steal every once in a while, and then argue it with the ref, even though he clearly got caught with his hand in the cookie jar. And then they're going to be better with the Heat later yeah. on. Like Kyle Lowry does a lot. I, I was a big Kyle Lowry hater for a long time because he kept beating up on my Wizards, but <laughs> he's uh, an absurd talent, and he makes every team he's on so much better. And, you know, this Heat team, much like the Celtics team without Smart and Horford, like they're just not anywhere near the same without Lowry out there. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like and, and, and I think, you know, to your point, I think I think they got to get Bam involved early today. And, and I think just, you know, get him get him down low. And I just feel like get him engaged and good things are going to happen. Because, look, we saw stretches right in the regular season where, um, yeah, it's we know he can score. We know he can board. But look, he he's actually pretty decent uh, when it comes to facilitating. There were stretches when they were so shorthanded games where they didn't have Butler, didn't have Lowry together, and like there were games where you know Bam was the focal point, and he can find the guys, and he five six assists. He had a, he had a pretty long stretch where he was getting that. So it's like get him engaged, get him involved, make him an important part. He's going to either score, get to the free throw line, find the open guy, kick it back out. But I, I feel like they got to make him a bit more of a focal point, get him involved like the first quarter, get him engaged, basically. It's that traditional – we always talk about it, the, getting the big man involved yeah, early, yeah. right? And it's what Phil Jackson won a ton of titles doing. You know, yeah, he'd Bill get Co- Shaq involved because otherwise Shaq would yeah. – he'd, he'd get dejected. Powell would get dejected. Like if these guys don't get going early, they're not going to get going because by the fourth quarter – They've been running around on 280 pounds for 40 minutes. Like they're tired. They don't. They don't want to be in the game at that point. No, yeah. exactly. And even back in uh, in Phil Jackson's prior spot, he was getting Bill Cartwright and uh, Will Purdue yeah. and uh, <laughs> Luke Luke Longley involved in Luke the first Longley, quarter. Yeah, you know, because they could just watch MJ and Scotty the whole game and just be totally disengaged, right? And so I, I think yeah. you're, you're, there is something to it. So if I were them, I, I try to get him involved today pretty early on in the first quarter. So yeah. yeah. I mean, the Luke Longley, band. good, good basketball name, better porn name. <laughs> I feel like he had a backup career if he wanted it's, it. It's a good point. It's a good point. That um, dude hates Jordan in that way. Cause he was, he was pretty, he was pretty harsh on Jordan in the, in that uh, Jordan in documentary. documentary. Yeah. in that series. I don't think anybody, any, I don't think any of Jordan's teammates are like, yeah, he's fine. Like it's either you <laughs> fucking like pray at the short church of Michael Jordan. That's or true, you're like, yeah. fuck that guy. That even guy sucks. Like, even Scotty is kind of like, yeah, he actually kind of sucks. <laughs> Scotty, Scotty, Scotty. Okay, let's, let's Scotty not dive sucks. into what's going on with Scotty. Scotty yeah. is. Yeah, he also sucks. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, Scotty's in that Kendrick Perkins mold right now, where he's like, "I'm just going to go on, go on a media tour and say there, some there stuff, you go. and someone's going to pay me to do it." Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, the only thing I was going to say about Bam is that the, the two best games he's played in the entire playoffs is when like he was playing against DeAndre Jordan and Paul Reed. Like, can we see it against some act, some actual competition? Not, sure, don't let Doc, don't let Doc, his misgivings, good you know, point. be the best you look in the entire playoffs. You mean the corpse of DeAndre Jordan's not an All NBA center anymore? <laughs> yeah. Well, to Doc, he's he not catching eight lobs a night. Yeah, him him versus Blake Griffin. That would be that, that would be the one. God, just what what's Battle of that, the corpses? The two of them, their bodies just deteriorating. Yeah. It, yeah. It's some like happens with people that are so reliant on their athleticism. It's just like overnight they're just toast. Yeah. Like they just can no longer be on a basketball court. It's crazy. Yeah. Gr- Griffin exactly. tried to account for it. You know, he he developed his ball handling. He, he can shoot much yeah. better passer. His shot got a and then better. He, shot got he better. had that all NBA season with uh the Pistons. The Pistons and then yeah. his b- lower body exploded. Like Yeah. He got yeah. he got like one little bit of juice out of it, but he used it on the Pistons. <laughs> so it was like, well, you know, nothing good's going to happen now. Like that's yeah. that's devil magic and right they, there. They got the 8 seed one year, so it was all worth it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, Wizards fan, like I'm saying, always shooting for an 8 seed. That's true. All right. Now, circling to the Western Conference, the Golden State Warriors, obviously, you know, up one game versus the Mavs. So one zero at the moment. So you guys kick it off. What are what what were your thoughts and takeaways, things that you saw in game one of the Western Conference finals? Griffin, I'll let you you start here. 
Uh, I mean, Luca didn't have the game that needed him to have. The Dallas role players um, largely didn't show up. And, you know, part of it's, you know, they're coming off a of game seven against the Suns. They're pretty, obviously, yeah. it was a very dominant one. So a lot of guys probably weren't too tired from it. But just probably like the emotional experience of, of getting out of that when they were counted out by people, myself included, the entire time. Um, they just looked flat the entire game. The Warriors looked like the better team. They have more offensive options. They have a much more cohesive system that's a lot less reliant on one player. You know, obviously, the Warriors' motion offense is much like the triangle back in the day. Like, somebody does have to initiate it, whether it's Draymond or Curry or even Jordan Poole or something like that. But if one of those guys are out or somebody's having a bad night or whatever, like, they're able to work around it. If Luka's having a bad night or his shot's not falling or he just doesn't have the energy to get it done, the the Mavericks are not like they're they're a relatively mediocre team. Um, people want to talk about how well Spencer Dinwiddie did in some of the games against the Suns, and he did. And I'm not going to talk crap on him about that. But Spencer Dinwiddie is kind of the definition of a hot and cold player. He's a yeah. ball handling Danny Green. You know, he, he <laughs> one night he'll Ouch. give you thirty, <laughs> the next night he'll give you six, and he's going to take fifteen shots to get there. Um, Bullock was fine. Uh, Kleber was fine, but Kleber is always going to be a question mark because it's like, is Kleber going to give you the efficient buckets that you need? And he's is he going to stay on the court for 30-plus yeah. minutes a game, or is he going to get one of his little small injuries and be out for four games? I think the Warriors – and I, I, I shouldn't pick against the Mavericks because I've done it before <laughs> and it came back to bite me. and very embarrassing. <laughs> I think the Warriors just have too much, too much firepower, too much experience – I think they clearly looked like the better team in game one. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think, um, you know, the way that the like game one went in this series or in this uh, series was how I thought game one was going to go in Celtics heat. Like, I feel like when you're down three, two and you win two straight to like to advance to the next round, I, I would love to see how well those teams fare in the next round. Like after that energy expenditure and like the high you go on from winning two straight, um, even though like, both series, the game sevens were blowouts. Like you still have to like, it's so much mental energy to get to that point, to win two straight. Um, so I like the way game one went in this series was how I thought game one of the Celtics heat would go where the, the Mavs just looked like disjointed. They looked sluggish. They just came out slow. It was clear. Luca didn't have it from the get go. Like they put up like what, like 16 or 18 points in the first quarter or something. And then from there, they, they just clearly didn't have it. Um, the, the, the biggest takeaway I had was just how like good and how smart the Warriors are. Like I saw someone post, I forget who on Twitter about how Brunson doesn't like to shoot off the dribble. I don't know if you guys saw this, but no, like I didn't see that one. Brunson doesn't like to shoot off the dribble. He only likes to catch and shoot. So whenever he had the ball, they just sagged off him. They and he never and he didn't shoot. So if he tried to drive, he didn't have room. And if he tried to kick it out, someone was there. So it's just they're just so like little things like that that huh, the Warriors wow. do and the Warriors notice. They're just so smart. Um, and Luca. <laughs> was a minus 30 in this game that that's got to be the worst of his career right ouch ouch probably that's, up there um, yeah, yeah. Uh, i can't minus think of 30? another game where he's gotten blown out this much you know they they outscored the warriors in one quarter and they did it by one point like and he was out there for i think 38 39 minutes so there wasn't it, it wasn't great. It was bad. Yeah, he, I mean, he had the worst plus minus on the entire Mavericks. He was minus thirty. Yeah. The next one was minus twenty seven. Which plus minus is is never a great yeah. barometer because like one one run, game sample size, it's tough. And yeah. like a team goes on one one run when you're in the game, yeah. you know it it, yeah. it, it, it skews it, it a bit. Yeah, exactly. There's exactly. a lot of yeah. years where in like the finals, LeBron didn't have a great plus minus because he was playing against Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. Like, sure. yeah, you gotta yeah. you gotta take it with a grain of salt. Um, but you know. Luca on the court playing poorly is still, to my point about the Mavs yeah. role players, still yeah. probably better than whatever their next option up is. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Spencer I mean, Dinwiddie on. throwing grenades at the end of a shot clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. I feel like I'm focusing on him a lot. And I, I no, Spencer no, Dinwiddie, if you, you ever see this, I apologize. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know. No, you it's funny because when you on. bring it up, it's like I... – I've I've never been and I, I don't I don't not like the guy I've just I've just never been a huge Dinwiddie fan like I mean I know there was some excitement about him in Brooklyn and he had some stretches where you know when all those injuries were happening to the studs and he you know, like 
like you said, he, he's a nice piece and he can step up in certain moments, but like to sustain that and be like a one B or, you know, it's just, I, I just haven't seen that. And I've, I've never been a huge yeah. fan of him in terms of like a star quote unquote star level. I'm not even saying superstar, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't even put him in the star category per se. Um, I think others might disagree with me, but I, I think he's just a nice piece, you know, and maybe not the most consistent piece. So you're, you're right to your point. I mean, who, who is that going to be? Right. So right now, I don't see much of a game plan besides Luca has got to play a good game um, and the role players have to hit their threes. They were 11 for 48, right? 11 for 48. Here's the scary part, though, right? Even even with the massive dominance in this game from the Golden State Warriors, they, they won this and were this dominant with shooting 10 of 29. 10. 10 of 29 from three. So that's with a terrible, not bad shooting night from three-point land. So imagine... We see whatever game two, game three, game four, where Steph hits five or six of these, Clay hits three of these. I mean, just from the two of them, they could almost match that, you know, total right there. But they only they only made ten threes to Golden State Warriors, and they still won in this dominant fashion, which speaks to all the other intangibles that we talked about: the defense, the off the ball movement. They dominated the glass. Total rebounds fifty one on Golden State side, thirty five, you know, to to the Mavs. So they're dominating the defense dominating the glass and they and they shot like crap so if they could have a decent shooting night from behind the arc you know it could even be uglier honestly so we'll see I mean um you know I I I hope I I want this to go long as well at this point with uh with only two series left yeah. like I want I want both of these to go seven games so I, I really hope that the I don't know. I don't see it happening, in my opinion. I don't see that happening game two, but I'm hoping that the the Mavs can kind of steal one, um, at least one at home. And to speak to your comments about the you know uh, a team coming off a series in the in, in the previous series, then traveling on the road. It's not exactly what you're talking about, but Action Network they put out some stats like the other day, um, referencing it more for like the um, for the Celtics, but. They said that like game, teams who won a game seven and then had to travel for the next series to be the the visiting team um, with like a day of rest or you know I, I think it was some lopsided statistic I think it was like maybe you know the the home team favorite that had that extra rest were like sixty six sixty seven I could be off by a few percentage points but it was very lopsided so part of that I actually kind of factored that in it was like digging into that a little bit that's what kind of convinced me to take the heat in that series so. Um, had I been smarter, I would also done that for the Golden State spread. I didn't do that. I had the I had their money line in a couple parlays, but I yeah I just I don't know why I should have pulled the trigger. I think it was just that fear of the Luca the the fear Golden of Luca basically. And Golden State is weird. Like they'll go two and a half games without showing up. Like they did that in the Grizzlies series. They just got lucky that they happened to win one of those games. Yeah, but, it's just I had a bad taste in my mouth from that series. I was just like fair, I just totally I, I, I I hadn't seen that dominant form of the Golden State Warriors to convince I just I just couldn't get my I was just too chicken I was just too, too I was just too chicken I should have bet the numbers but I put my emotions in it that's what happens when you put your emotions into yeah, it so. it's all right Luca Luca in this Mavs team has shades of 2018 LeBron and the Cavs where it's just one dude who's essentially superhuman every single night and the minute that he's not superhuman you see just how much of a disparity there is between the other teams and his role players and, you know, this Warriors team obviously is not the Warriors team of 2018. Yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff between having some guys who are too old and some guys who are too young. And pretty much the only guy in the middle, I guess, is Andrew Wiggins, who has, I guess, been good. He's on been the good, Warriors. yeah. Like, that's, him? He's been a revelation on the Warriors. It's Never saw good, that man. happening, but, you know, that's Me the way either. it's going to go because that yeah. team's insane. <laughs> but they're just... You know, when Luka doesn't have a 40-10-8 game or something like that, like there's just no way for the Mavs to compete. If if the Warriors are even 80% of who they should be, they've just got too many options. And and the, the offense they run and the switching defense they do is just suffocating. Yeah. Yeah, I just – it's like the Warriors just – we talked about in the last series, they just play with their food. Like I think at a minimum this game's probably going six because the Warriors will have two games where they're just – they'll shoot – nine of of 28 like kind of like what they did in game one but their defense won't be there the turnovers like they are surprisingly like 15 turnovers is like 
for the Warriors is fine. Like most teams, it's bad. For the Warriors, 15 turnovers is fine. That that's might be low for the a, Warriors. That's a good yeah. Tuesday for the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. For <laughs> they're they're not secure with the ball, but you know, just like during their championship runs, it largely hasn't bitten them. Obviously, you know, you've got Game Seven against the Cavs where it bit them, but for the most part, like they're fine playing that loose style of basketball because they can just beat you on talent. Yeah, we actually t- we we talked about this last week. It's because like having the motion based offense, like they always lead the league or the top of the league in passes. So it's mm-hmm. just going to lead to more turnovers instead of like an ISO heavy offense. It's kind of like yeah. it's what you live with with the type of offense they play. When it comes to bite them in the ass is when they just have like stupid careless ones, like like Steph Curry would go behind the back or like. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, trying yeah. to do, like, the, the Hail Mary. Draymond trying to go between someone's legs. Between, exactly. I was about to say, between the leg passes, I hate those. But that, those drive me crazy. But they yeah. love them. They, I, I know mean, they that, that Kind of like Luca's style. You know, the yeah. joy that that Warriors yeah. team plays with is a huge yeah. part of their recipe for success. True. And oh. if you take that away, then are they the, the goal? Are they the, you know, modern iteration of the Warriors? I don't know. All right. So, lightning roundtable, guys. Winner of game two, winner of the series. I say Warriors, Warriors. What do you guys got? Warriors, Warriors, and six. Okay. Uh, Mavericks, Warriors. Oh, uh-huh. oh, All okay. Right. All right. I like winner, this. Just to be clear, winner of the series, Warriors, but I do think the Mavericks take the Yeah, six. but game two, okay. You think the Mavs? Okay. Yeah. Let's yeah, see. I think we'll one, see. one. All right. So for All right. so for the game tonight while we're here, are we, are we going Heat, Boston? I think we never kind of officially gave oh, predictions. Man. Okay. I, yeah, I don't have. A, I'm not confident, but I'll probably go Heat Boston with with not a lot of confidence at all. I will echo my confidence level is not high, just given all the injuries and Marcus. But I'm going to say because they played well in spurts, and I'm going to go Boston with not much confidence, but Boston, Boston. Okay. I'll go heat heat with just a ridiculous amount of confidence that I'm fully prepared to eat next next week or in a future week. I was so confident about my son's bet that I made a couple of weeks ago with you guys. I'm just going to be confident about ridiculous things going forward. I, mean, but you go. I think you I think I, I am genuinely confident on the Heat winning the series. Uh, game two, you know, I'm a little bit less confident on, but I, I think the Heat will win the series. I, I am confident on that. Yeah. And you can call me on it next week. <laughs> this is sports betting. It's like at least we're making picks and putting yeah. it out there versus uh, yeah. people who claim they picked it after the fact. So you know, or like Brian so. Brian Windhorst who just refuses to say anything because he doesn't want to make news. <laughs> he doesn't want to make news. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So in our remaining time, for for those of you who've been patiently waiting, and I've gotten a few DMs saying, "What the hell? Where are your bets?" Well, here are the best bets. <laughs> okay. So I know you've been waiting. So. So this is our segment of best bets. So we'll go around. We'll kind of share what we what we got for tonight or going into this weekend. Um, so you guys, we'll, we'll kick it off. I got a, I got like five. So I'll I'll wrap it up at the end to not dominate this, and I'll run through it fast. So what what do you guys got for your best bets for tonight or going into the weekend, guys? Um, for tonight, I I didn't have a good feel about the Heat moneyliner spread, so I I set that out. Um, the under is my favorite play tonight. I know we just talked about not like unders, but I think the scoring in game one, I think was a complete anomaly. Um, and I can, I can see this game being like a nineties basketball, like 95 to 90 type type game. I mean, this is the best defense in the NBA against the fourth defense in the NBA. Um, I think, I think tonight's going under. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I like I that. Angle. I, 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 you know, I, um, <laughs> I stayed away from that just because of my concerns about the missing pieces in game one, but yeah, I, I'll have to see. I'll, I'll have to go later on, but um, I, I could buy that possibly for this one. So so Griffin's going the other direction, though. You're t- you like the over better on this one? I do, yeah. Um, I think the over for this game is 207 for, for, for uh, exactly 207 what I got. maybe. That's exactly yeah. what I got. Okay. 207 and Heat a half. Have gone over 100, the Heat have gone over 105 in nine mm-hmm. of their playoff games. Uh, okay. Celtics have gone over 105 in uh, 10 of them. I don't think it's going to be a ridiculously high scoring game, sure. but just in the modern era with the amount of threes they're shooting, if they have just an average night from three, and if you've got a couple guys on both teams that are going to go to the line a decent amount, I think it's super hard to take anything that's like has them both scoring in the nineties. I think, I think we're probably going to see maybe like a one ten to one Oh six style game or something like that. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. My only rebuttal is these are both the best defenses that each team yeah. will have will have seen. That's the that's the only thing there. Yeah. 
That's true. And I, I think a lot of it's probably going to come down to which version of Marcus Smart are we getting? And so is one for Al nine Horford... or the four for nine, Marcus Smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And is, is Al Horford actually healthy? Does he have COVID symptoms? Were they false negatives? Is the NBA hiding something from us? Who's well, to say? It's definitely the last one. <laughs> <laughs> um, for player props for the game tonight, um, I you know Jimmy Butler's over under 26 and a half, which like, He's, I mean, do I just ride the fire? I, I, I struggled with that one. My favorite one ended up being Jason Tatum over six and a half rebounds. Over to be fair, okay. I locked this in before Horford I, when I assumed he was out because mm-hmm. Tatum got eight rebounds in game one without Horford. Sure. But I still like it even without. You could probably get a better line on it now um, with Horford back and Smart back. But I think there's good, like Tatum's going to have to have a good game. I think he will. And there's, I take me the under. I'm guessing there'll be a lot of missed shots. So just more opportunities for rebounds. So I got that at plus 100, but I'm sure you can get it at better odds now. So it looks like right now, so even factoring in the the Horford effect, for lack of a better term, um, fantasy models have adjusted some of their projections. I'm looking at a couple of different websites here. They're still projecting Tatum at about uh, 8.9. So they still, a lot oh, wow. of these models still, even, even with Horford involved, they still kind of like that, it looks like. So... Just to provide you some reassurance, false reassurance maybe, but reassurance going I'll, into the game. When that's I'll up. take anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Anything else you guys got? Um, uh, quick go one. For go for it. Yeah, Tyler yeah, Hero, yeah. under six and a half uh, rebounds and assists. Under six and a half? Okay. Under I don't hate that. He hasn't, I mean, he's he been, he's been, you know, he's, he's got some games where they're having him play way more primary point guard and he's going to get more of that. I think in this series, sure. because of how they match up with the Celtics, they're probably going to try and minimize that as much as possible. And they're just going to have him be like the hot hand off the bench. They'll let Jimmy Butler do a lot more of the ball handling. Um, you know, Tyler Hero, obviously not a great rebounding guard by any means. He's an okay passing guard, but. Uh, I don't. I don't have a ton of confidence that they're going to give him the space to do a lot tonight. Okay, I like that one. You know, I hadn't. I hadn't thought about that. I like that one. I like the angle. I do. I for the, for all the same reasons you said. I mean, I I see that he is going to be in the role of just we just need your points tonight because we need somebody to to help Jimmy. So that uh, as basic as that sounds, I, I think that's the logic. So, I that's that's an interesting one. Okay, cool. Sounds good. Plus money on uh, DraftKings. Plus money on DraftKings. Okay. Yeah. Plus one ten. Gotcha. And that bet could be wiped away after one quarter. Maybe Tyler yeah. Hero. Yeah. Maybe they're like, yo, man, run the ball for 12 minutes, yeah, do whatever need, you want. Be Russell Westbrook be, with shorter yeah. arms. Maybe. I, it, it seemed, I mean, again, it's a one-game sample size. He looked like he was in a shoot-first mentality, right? So, I mean, we'll see. Hopefully. hopefully I mean, that's that really out, so. all they can count on. I mean, yeah, like I said, he's, he's okay at all this other stuff. I'm not going to say yeah. he's bad at it. But yeah. there are better options on that team for all the other stuff. So if I'm the Heat and I'm trying to hide Hero as much as possible, I'm getting him the ball in handoffs. Yeah. Uh, I'm letting him shoot from beyond the arc. I'm not having him as the primary ball handler because, especially if Marcus Smart's in the game, they're gonna they're gonna dog him and he's not gonna get passes off. He's gonna be hounded under the basket every time. Yeah, I like it. I, I, I like that one. All right, so I got I got a handful here. So I'm going to just whip through them really quick for the sake of time. So I got five bets. All right, so I'm going to run through them very quickly. So even though I said I'm not the most super confident, so keep that in mind. I am gonna. I just I think I am going to take the Celtics money line tonight. Snag that at right now. I don't know where it is. It's at right now, but plus one hundred five. Um, you know, at Barstool or Bet Rivers for all the reasons we said. I. I I saw it as a, you know, until that crazy third quarter for a lot of the other stretches, a pretty close game. I'm hoping with Horford coming back, that could be, a, you know, an X factor for them. Jalen Brown was somewhat disengaged for, for a lot of the game. So if he has a better game, I think it's going to be a lot tighter. So I, I see this game going down to the wire. Obviously, in my mind, it's somewhat of a pick but I'll, I'll take the value on the Celtics at plus money. Second play for tonight, Jalen Brown, over 23.5 points, minus 115 on DraftKings. He's projected for, I don't agree with the projection models, but some projection <laughs> models have him at like 28-ish. I think that's a bit too high and a big ask. But um, he did cover 23.5 last game, and that was with a bad game. That was a bad game. He only got garbage points in the fourth, and he still covered it. So if we see him a little bit more aggressive, some more free throws, hit a few more shots, attainable in my opinion so I'm, I'm hoping for and expecting a more aggressive Jalen Brown from the jump not just the Jason Tatum show so I am taking uh, Brown over 23 and a half points on DraftKings 
Last ones, um, I got a FanDuel boost. Um, you know, I don't always take these, but I'm taking uh, a boost on FanDuel that's at plus 100 for Adebayo, and I'm hoping he plays a better game. So a bounce back game for Bam. Bam and Jimmy Butler to combine for 40 points. So they just, any com- any whatever the ratio is, well, they like just that. have to hit 40 combined. I like that too. Uh, plus 100 odds. So uh, you that's can max FanDuel? Yeah, FanDuel max bet 50. So you could bet up to 50. So I just maxed that out. I took the 50 on that. I like that. Um, so hopefully I don't lose all of these. So hopefully it's a good game. And, and some of these guys score some damn points. So those are my ones for the basketball game. I got two other sports, and then we'll wrap it up here. Tennis. So I do follow women's tennis. And for those, it's a weird niche that I've been posting a lot about. People have been following me on Twitter for a couple of years on that. So I am taking Claire Liu uh, to beat Bondar. So Claire Liu money line minus 121. This is a clay match. Um and you can grab that on Bovada. I, I think people, the lines have been shifting quite a bit, honestly. So I did take this earlier in the day. So I don't know where it's at now. But Claire Lou Moneyline, she's 12-2, and two, kind of catching this little heater, playing very well on clay courts. Uh, I think the heater will continue uh, against someone who I see as kind of evenly talented. So I think on paper... They're kind of this is kind of a pick a match to some degree, but the in terms of like recent form, Claire Lou has just been amazing. So I'm hoping this is one of those weeks where she's gonna, you know, just dominate and continue that trend. So I would just take her money line. If you wanna get a little friskier, you could take two sets to zero. Um, and then the last one is for UFC uh this upcoming weekend. Um Holly Holm versus Ketlin Vieira. So this one, I am just I'm gonna take a stab at the underdog. So Vieira plus two oh five. Okay. Um plus two oh five money line. Look, I wanna be frank, like Holly Holm, I could easily see her outpointing Vieira. Basically, she she's forty years old. There is a ten year age gap. Vieira's thirty, so you know, but at forty, don't get that wrong. She has good cardio, she's been in long matches, she can go the distance. And I can easily see her outpointing and just basically kicking, body kicks, leg kicks, jabs. And then the judges are just going to give her the match by decision uh, from just outpointing Vieira. But I think Vieira tends to be someone who goes forward, not backwards. If she can crowd Holly home, close the distance, those kicks aren't going to be as effective when you're being crowded and someone's trying to clinch you. So if she can change the game up and not settle into some jab fest or kick fest, Close the distance, dirty clinches, press Holly home against the fence, make her uncomfortable, maybe a few sweeps and takedowns. I could see an upset here, and I could envision it. I envision a lot of things that don't always work out, but I can envision it. And I like the plus 205. I don't think this should be this lopsided, in my opinion. So I am going to roll with Vieira as a big underdog at plus 205. I think she has the tools and the physicality and fearlessness to be willing to march forward into some of those kicks to eat a few to just make it uncomfortable for Holly Holm. So that's my UFC underdog play for the weekend. Some of that sounded kind of erotic just hearing a couple of different <laughs> words. <laughs> I wasn't sure I'll what we were still I'll talking about. Twitter hear you say that. <laughs> Matt's going to get canceled by t- <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't Which, sure what uh, from what I understand, probably good for your career. I don't know. It seems like every time someone gets canceled, they get a Netflix deal. Yeah, so. it's true. So, good for you, Matt. All <laughs> right. You. So, anything? Any last thoughts? Any last comments, gentlemen? Before we wrap up here. No, I, I know we missed the uh, the Sixers graveyard shift because the season ended or the day of our last episode. I just want to say my life has improved dramatically since that. Since that, so it's a Glad it's an initial that. sadness of about twenty four hours, and then it's like oh. I forgot what my life is like not having this dark cloud over it every single day. So there you go. There you go. A little bit at of least, spin zone. At least you get to like feel the excitement of like being a high seed going into the, I mean like, yes, I'm also a Lakers fan. So I've been very bent, like very, I've been in a good spot that way. But as a <laughs> Wizards fan, everything sucks and has sucked my entire life and will probably continue to suck for the remainder of my life. Yeah. I and do. I just, I live in that depression. That's, yeah. that's, that's how I eat. Yeah, I, you're born in darkness. Yeah. So um, as a as a Bulls fan, I will say to the Lakers fan, please don't take Zach Levine away from us. Okay, don't take don't take away our excitement. I hope I hope he doesn't go over to the Lakers. I don't even know what we could give you for Zach Levine. <laughs> oh my, it's Russell LeBron Westbrook? James. It's LeBron James. I mean, like that's what we could give you for Zach Levine because the, they're not going to be like, yeah, we really want Russell Westbrook. He seems like he's still got it. <laughs> 
Yeah, if this were the old, if if, if this was before uh, AK was here, uh, you know, overseeing our tax regime, we might have actually. So yeah, I would probably. But now, yeah, but, for star but, power. But but with the new regime, you're right. You're right. I, yeah. I agree. You guys have right, a so. smarter front office. The Lakers yeah. do not. I think it's just some variation of the Bus Children and uh, Rob Palinka. Yeah. I mean, if but, if the Lakers, people always make this point. If the Lakers were not in LA, they would they would not get they would not win titles, and that's how it's absolutely true. Yeah, I mean, is it better to be lucky or good? I mean, I'll take the titles of a bad. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm not I'm not throwing any of the titles out of bed. Like I'm yeah. very glad to have witnessed them. But if they were still in Minnesota, I I think they'd probably be worse than the Wolves. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in for another episode of Sweat the Bet. Thanks for joining me, Matt Griffin here. Uh, you know, let us know on Twitter uh, if you're going to follow us, tail us, fade us, laugh at us, whatever. <laughs> but let's uh, let's see how these bets turn out this weekend, and we'll we'll recap it next week. So, thanks again. Remember, subscribe, follow us on all the podcast platforms: YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. We are everywhere, guys. So check out OddsJam.com. Take it easy, everyone. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks again for having me. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and let us know what you thought. Thank you.